chapter ten part two of the life of washington volume three by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ten part two military transactions such was the defensive strength of the positions taken by the adverse armies on the hudson and such their relative force that no decisive blow could be given by either in that quarter of the continent the anxious attentions of general washington therefore were unremittingly directed to the south one of those incidents which fortune occasionally produces on the seizing or neglect of which the greatest military events frequently depend presented sooner than was expected an opportunity which he deemed capable of being improved to the destruction of the british army in virginia the french fleet from its arrival on the american coast had been blocked up in the harbor of newport and the land forces of that nation had been reduced to a state of inactivity by the necessity of defending their ships late in january a detachment from the british fleet was encountered on the east end of long island by a furious storm in which such damage was sustained as to destroy for a time the naval superiority which arbuthnot had uniformly preserved to turn this temporary superiority to advantage m destouches resolved to detach a ship of the line with two frigates to the chesapeake a force which the delegation from virginia had assured him would be sufficient for the purpose on receiving certain accounts of the loss sustained in the storm general washington conceived the design of improving that circumstance by immediate and powerful operations against arnold confident that the critical moment must be seized or the enterprise would fail he ordered a detachment of twelve hundred men under the command of the marquis de lafayette to the head of the chesapeake there to embark for that part of virginia which was to become the theatre of action under convoy of a french frigate for which he applied to the admiral he immediately communicated this measure to the comte de rochambeau and to m destouches to whom he also stated his conviction that no serious advantage could be expected from a few ships unaided by land troops there were he said a variety of positions to be taken by arnold one of which was portsmouth his present station where his ships might be so protected by his batteries on the shore as to defy a mere naval attack and where he would certainly be able to maintain himself until the losses sustained in the late storm should be repaired and the superiority at sea recovered when he would unquestionably be relieved to ensure the success of the expedition he recommended that the whole fleet should be employed on it and that a detachment of one thousand men should be embarked for the same service february nine these representations did not prevail the original plan had already been put in execution on the ninth of february a sixty-four gun ship with two frigates under m de tilly had sailed for the chesapeake and as some of the british ships had been repaired the french admiral did not think it prudent to put to sea with the residue of his fleet 
as had been foreseen by general washington de tilly found arnold in a situation not to be assailed with any prospect of success after showing himself therefore in the bay and making an ineffectual attempt to enter elizabeth river he returned to newport at the capes he fell in with the romulus a fifty-gun ship coming from charleston to the chesapeake which he captured both the comte de rochambeau and the chevalier des touches being well disposed to execute the plans suggested by general washington they determined on the return of m de tilly to make a second expedition to the chesapeake with the whole fleet and eleven hundred men general washington therefore hastened to newport that in a personal conference with them he might facilitate the execution of an enterprise from which he still entertained sanguine hopes march sixth early on the sixth of march he reached newport and went instantly on board the admiral where he was met by the comte de rochambeau it was determined that a detachment from the army then in perfect readiness should be embarked under the comte de viomeni and that the fleet should put to sea as soon as possible the wind was favourable to the french and adverse to the british yet the fleet did not sail until the evening of the eighth it appears from a letter of m destouches that this delay was in some measure attributable to a disaster which befell one of his frigates in getting out of port and there is reason to suppose that it may be ascribed to a want of supplies whatever may have been the cause arnold is most probably indebted to it for his escape from the fate which his treason merited two days after destouches had sailed he was followed by arbuthnot who overtook him off the capes of virginia a partial engagement ensued which continued about an hour when the fleets were separated the french admiral called a council of war the next day in which it was declared unadvisable to renew the action and he returned to newport march twenty sixth the arrival of two thousand men commanded by general phillips gave the british a decided superiority in virginia and changed the destination of lafayette who had been ordered to join the southern army but to whom the defence of that state was now committed the troops under his command being taken chiefly from the eastern regiments had imbibed strong prejudices against a southern climate and desertions became so frequent as to threaten the dissolution of the corps this unpromising state of things was completely changed by a happy expedient adopted by lafayette appealing to the generous principles of his soldiers principles on which the feelings of his own bosom taught him to rely he proclaimed in orders that he was about to enter on an enterprise of great danger and difficulty in which he persuaded himself his soldiers would not abandon him if however any individual of the detachment was unwilling to accompany him a permit to return should most assuredly be granted him this measure had the desired effect and put an end to desertion to keep up the good dispositions of the moment this ardent young nobleman who was as unmindful of fortune as he was ambitious of fame borrowed from the merchants of baltimore on his private credit a sum of money sufficient to purchase shoes linen spirits and other articles of immediate necessity for the detachment having made these preparations for the campaign he marched with the utmost celerity to the defence of virginia 
that state was in great need of assistance the enemy had penetrated deep into its bosom and was committing those excesses on its inhabitants to which a country unable to repel invasion must always be exposed general phillips on his arrival took command of all the british troops in virginia and after completing the fortification of portsmouth commenced offensive operations about two thousand five hundred men were embarked on board some small vessels and landed at various places in the neighbourhood of williamsburg april twenty four different detachments spread themselves over the lower part of that neck of land which is made by york and james rivers and after destroying without opposition a shipyard belonging to the state with some armed vessels and public stores re-embarked and proceeded to city point where they landed in the afternoon of the twenty fourth the next day they marched against petersburg at which place immense quantities of tobacco and other stores were deposited baron steuben was not in a position to check their progress the levies of virginia had marched to the aid of general green and the whole number of militia at that time in the field did not much exceed two thousand men unwilling to abandon so important a place as petersburg without the semblance of fighting the baron posted about one thousand men a mile below the town with orders to skirmish with the enemy the british troops without being able to bring him to a close engagement were two or three hours employed in driving him across the appomattox the bridge over which being taken up as soon as the militia had passed it farther pursuit became impracticable this skirmish having terminated with scarcely any loss on either side the baron retreated towards richmond and phillips took quiet possession of petersburg where he destroyed a considerable quantity of tobacco and all the vessels lying in the river this service being accomplished arnold was detached through osborne's to warwick between which place and richmond a respectable naval force consisting of small armed vessels had been collected with the intention of cooperating with the french fleet against portsmouth and a few militia were stationed on the northern bank of the river to assist in defending the flotilla the crews of the vessels on receiving a fire from a few field pieces ordered by arnold to the bank scuttled them escaped to the opposite shore and dispersed with the militia phillips marched with the residue of the army to chesterfield courthouse the place of rendezvous for the new levies of virginia where he destroyed the barracks with a few public stores after which he joined arnold in the neighbourhood of warwick april thirty and marched without interruption to manchester a small town on the southern bank of james river immediately opposite to richmond where as was the general practice the warehouses were set on fire and all the tobacco consumed on the preceding evening the marquis de lafayette who had made a forced march from baltimore arrived with his detachment at richmond and that place in which a great proportion of the military stores of the state were then collected was saved for the time from a visit which was certainly designed the regular troops composing this detachment were joined by about two thousand militia and sixty dragoons not thinking it advisable to attempt the passage of the river in the presence of so respectable an army general phillips retired to bermuda hundred 
a point of land in the confluence of the james and appomattox at which place he re-embarked his troops and fell down the river to hog island the marquis fixed his headquarters on the north of chickahominy about eighteen miles from richmond where he remained until a letter from lord cornwallis called phillips again up james river when that nobleman determined on marching from wilmington into virginia he signified his wish that the british troops in that state should take their station at petersburg on receiving this letter phillips proceeded to comply with the request it contained as soon as the fleet moved up the river lafayette returned to the defence of richmond having on his arrival received intelligence that lord cornwallis was marching northward and finding phillips landed at brandon on the south side of the river he was persuaded that a junction of the two armies must be intended and hastened to take possession of petersburg before phillips could reach that place in this however he was anticipated by the british general upon which he recrossed james river and encamping a few miles below richmond used his utmost exertions to remove the military stores in that town to a place of greater security cornwallis arrives in this position his army was permitted to repose itself but a few days lord cornwallis after passing through north carolina and the southern parts of virginia without encountering much opposition and effecting a junction with arnold who had succeeded by the death of phillips to the command of the army in virginia found himself at the head of a force which nothing in that state could resist and determined on a vigorous plan of offensive operations his immediate object was to bring the marquis to an action for which purpose he crossed james river at westover where he was joined by a reinforcement from new york and attempted by turning the left flank of the american army to get into its rear lafayette was not in a condition to risk an engagement his objects were the security of the public stores the preservation of his small army for future services and a junction with the pennsylvania line which was on its march southward under the command of general wayne as lord cornwallis crossed james river he retired towards the upper country inclining his route to the north in order to favor a junction with wayne the fine horses found in the stables of private gentlemen gave to the british general an efficient cavalry and enabled him to mount so many infantry as to move large detachments with unusual rapidity with these advantages he was so confident of overtaking and destroying his enemy as to say exultingly in a letter which was intercepted the boy cannot escape me his sanguine hopes however were disappointed lafayette moved with so much celerity and caution as to convince cornwallis of the impracticability of overtaking him or of preventing his junction with wayne after marching some distance up the northern side of north Honora, his lordship relinquished the pursuit and turned his attention to other objects which were more attainable military stores had been collected in various parts of the middle country and among others at the point of fork a point of land made by the confluence of the rivanna and fluvanna the two branches of james river colonel simcoe was detached with five hundred men against this post which was protected by between five and six hundred new levies and a few militia tarleton with two hundred and fifty cavalry and mounted infantry was ordered at the same time against charlottesville 
where the general assembly was in session so rapid were his movements that a mere accident prevented his entering the town before any notice of his approach was given a private gentleman mr Jouillette, who was acquainted with a nearer route than the great road hastened to charlottesville on a fleet horse with the interesting intelligence and entered the town about two hours before the british cavalry nearly all the members of the legislature made their escape and reassembled at stanton on the western side of the blue ridge tarleton after destroying the stores at charlottesville proceeded down the ravanna to the point of fork the detachment commanded by simcoe being composed chiefly of infantry could not move with equal celerity that officer however conducted his march with so much secrecy and address that steuben seems to have been either unapprised of his approach or to have had no accurate information of his numbers intelligence of the expedition to charlottesville had reached him and he had prudently employed himself in removing his stores from the point of fork to the south side of the fluvanna the river was at the time unfordable and the boats were all secured on the southern bank yet steuben suspecting the detachment of simcoe to be the van of the british army or apprehending that tarleton might get into his rear withdrew precipitately in the night and marched near thirty miles leaving behind him such stores as could not be removed these were destroyed next morning by a small detachment of men who crossed the river in a few canoes presses lafayette over the rapidan to secure his junction with wayne and to keep open his communication towards the north lafayette had crossed the rapidan lafayette forms a junction with wayne these movements of the two armies had thrown lord cornwallis between lafayette and the military stores which had been transported from richmond up james river and deposited at different places but principally at albemarle old courthouse high up that river to this place lord cornwallis directed his march the marquis having effected a junction with the pennsylvania line consisting of eight hundred men recrossed the rapidan and advanced with so much celerity towards the british army that he encamped within a few miles of it while upwards of a day's march from its point of destination confident that the object of the american general must be to protect the magazines on the fluvanna lord cornwallis encamped at elk island and advanced his light troops to a position commanding the road by which it was supposed the americans must pass lafayette however discovered in the night a nearer road which had long been disused and the next morning the british general had the mortification to perceive that the american army had crossed the ravanna and taken a strong position behind the Mechunk creek which in a great measure commanded the route leading from the camp of his lordship to albemarle old courthouse at this place a considerable reinforcement of mountain militia was received cornwallis retires to the lower country apprehending the force opposed to him to be greater than it was in reality and probably desirous of transferring the war to the lower country lord cornwallis abandoned the objects he had pursued and retired first to richmond and afterwards to williamsburg june eighteenth the marquis followed with cautious circumspection on the eighteenth of june he was reinforced by four or five hundred new levies under the baron steuben which augmented his army to four thousand men of whom two thousand were regulars that of lord cornwallis was probably rather more numerous as the british army retreated to williamsburg lafayette who sought a partial though he avoided 
a general engagement pressed its rear with his light parties colonel simcoe who covered the retreat was overtaken by colonel butler about six miles from williamsburg and a sharp action ensued the americans claimed the advantage but were compelled to retire by the approach of the whole british army in the bold and rapid course taken by lord cornwallis through the lower and central parts of virginia much private as well as public property was destroyed and the resources of the state were considerably diminished but no solid advantage was obtained although from various causes especially from a want of arms and from that general repugnance which a harassed unpaid militia will universally manifest to military service less resistance was encountered than was to be expected from the strength and population of the state no disposition was openly manifested to join the royal standard or withdraw from the contest the marquis complained of much slowness and much carelessness in the country but the dispositions of the people he said were good and they required only to be awakened this he thought would be best effected by the presence of general washington an event for which he expressed the most anxious solicitude but washington deemed it of more importance to remain on the hudson for the purpose of digesting and conducting a grand plan of combined operations then meditated against new york by the execution of which he counted more certainly on relieving the southern states than by any other measure it was in his power to adopt general washington's letters are intercepted and express carrying letters communicating to congress the result of his consultations on this subject with the commanders of the land and naval forces of france was intercepted in jersey the interesting disclosure made by these letters alarmed sir henry clinton for the safety of new york and determined him to require the return of a part of the troops in virginia supposing himself too weak after complying with this requisition to remain at williamsburg lord cornwallis took the resolution of retiring to portsmouth in pursuance of this resolution he marched from williamsburg and encamped in such a manner as to cover the fort into the island of jamestown on the same evening the queen's rangers crossed over into the island and the two succeeding days were employed in passing over the baggage the morning after the evacuation of williamsburg lafayette changed his position and pushed his best troops within nine miles of the british camp with the intention of attempting their rear when the main body should have passed into jamestown suspecting his design lord cornwallis encamped the greater part of his army on the mainland as compactly as possible and displayed a few troops on the island in such a manner as in appearance to magnify their numbers all the intelligence received by lafayette concurred in the representation that the greater part of the british army had passed over to the island in the night july six believing this to be the fact he detached some riflemen to harass their outposts while he advanced at the head of the continental troops in order to cut off the rear every appearance was calculated to countenance the opinion he had formed the british light parties were drawn in and the piquets were forced by the riflemen without much resistance but an advanced post which covered the encampment from the view of the americans was perseveringly maintained though three of the officers commanding it were successively picked off by the riflemen 
lafayette who arrived a little before sunset suspected from the obstinacy with which this post was maintained that it covered more than a rear-guard and determined to reconnoitre the camp and judge of its strength from his own observation it was in a great measure concealed by woods but from a tongue of land stretching into the river he perceived the british force to be much more considerable than had been supposed and hastened to call off his men action near jamestown he found wayne closely engaged a piece of artillery had been left weakly defended which wayne determined to seize scarcely was the attempt made when he discovered the whole british army arranged in order for battle moving out against him to retreat was impossible and the boldest had become the safest measure under this impression he advanced rapidly and with his small detachment not exceeding eight hundred men made a gallant charge on the british line a warm action ensued which was kept up with great spirit until the arrival of lafayette who perceiving wayne to be outflanked both on the right and left ordered him to retreat and form in a line with the light infantry who were drawn up about half a mile in his rear the whole party then saved itself behind a morass fortunately for lafayette lord cornwallis did not improve the advantage he had gained suspecting this to be a stratagem of the american general to draw him into an ambuscade a suspicion equally favoured by the hardiness and time of the attack lord cornwallis who supposed his enemy to be stronger than he was in reality would allow no pursuit and in the course of the night crossed over into the island whence he soon afterwards proceeded to portsmouth in this action the americans lost one hundred and eighteen men among whom were ten officers and two pieces of artillery were left on the field the horses attached to them being killed the british loss was less considerable all active operations were now suspended and the harassed army of lafayette was allowed some repose although no brilliant service was performed by that young nobleman the campaign in virginia enhanced his military reputation and raised him in the general esteem that with so decided an inferiority of effective force and especially of cavalry he had been able to keep the field in an open country and to preserve a considerable proportion of his military stores as well as his army was believed to furnish unequivocal evidence of the prudence and vigour of his conduct End of chapter ten part two